Hello, everyone. You're listening to Audiobookish, an audiobook review and discussion podcast. Uh, my name is Fahed Rahman. I'm joined by Poppy Knight. Hello. And our guest today is Kelly Fairbrother. Poppy, would you like to read out Kelly's bio? For us. Yes, so Kelly is a co-founder of Zigzag. So Kelly is a London-based executive with nearly 20 years of experience in consumer technology. Her superpower is championing amazing but overlooked talent. Before her business career, she was a US Army captain, having graduated from West Point and serving in Germany and Bosnia. She honourably escaped the army to earn her MBA from a Harvard Business School and joined McKinsey and Company. Following her time at McKinsey, she built a reputation for leading successful market launches, including the billion-pound launch of Premier Inn into Germany and five new markets for Gelato, a print tech unicorn. She first worked with Mark, the other co-founder of ZigZag, in her role as the interim president of the international business of Gelux, a leading global fulfillment partner to Netflix. She then served as Chief Operating Officer COO of Gelato, eventually attracting Mark to the interim CTO role. Kelly lives with her husband and two primary school children, both keen readers and listeners. Never without her headphones, she's always listening to something interesting. And I'll tell you a little bit about ZigZag. So uh, ZigZag is shaping the future of books to make reading more accessible, more engaging, easier and more sustainable. Their co-founders set out in 2019 to revolutionize and democratize reading, and they've built the most advanced content platform in the industry. Their AI-enabled tech integrates human voice-narrated audiobooks, e-books, in an exclusive new format, which they call Xbooks. So for the first time, users can access audiobooks and e-books in a single format without paying twice. So first of all, thank you for joining us today. Um, how's uh, your kind of jubilee bank holiday weekend kind of shaping up well thanks very much for having me yeah no at least the sun is shining so i think that's a great start yeah so um just you know i'm going to start off with um asking a few questions about the app and what the origins for that was and what you kind of like see uh how you'd like the app to kind of shape the future of like um publishing in the future for not too heavy or bigger question to start off with, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we started, um, I started into audiobooks in the late 90s, actually, like mm-hmm. really early on a recommendation from a friend. And uh, I was living in Germany. There were no global content platforms at the time. So it was really my only source of English language entertainment. Mm. And then I moved back to the States. And this was at just around the time of, you know, dot com uh, and the rise of the Internet. So I was, there was no shortage of content for me to listen to. And I stopped listening. Um, and again, fast forward 20 years later, and I was working for a boss who would regularly challenge us to read all of these business books and come back to him and tell us what we thought of them. And the secret to survival in that business was, was audiobooks. Yeah. To, to come back after 20 years away, I was just really surprised by how little had moved on. Mm. And I was sitting on the tube listening to Hans Rosling's Factfulness, which is one of my books that I, um, that I would be happy to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And the narrator comes across and says, in order to see these brilliant infographics that were really core to his story and what he was known for, I had to download a PDF from a desktop website. And it just felt to me like, wow, you know, technology has moved on. Uh, you know, digital experiences are so exceptional these days. This is 2018. And it just felt like, uh, audiobooks had been kind of left behind and maybe a bit neglected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'd reach out to my co-founder, who's a digital media tech genius, and mm-hmm. said, hey, I've got this crazy idea. Are, are you up for it? And uh, and thankfully he was. Amazing. That's fab. And I was sort of, yeah, wanting to know a bit more about how you got into audiobooks. So that's interesting to know how you'd said that. And I think a lot of people do get into it from that sort of, necessity to get through stuff um you know that that, like you say I think a lot of students quite like audio for that um accessibility of yeah being able to more quickly power through the content and stuff like that so yeah that's interesting do you remember that first one that you listened to oh it was the reader by um it was actually like by a German author I think Bernhard Mm. Schlink I think I, I might get that wrong and I'm sorry if I did but yeah, no, it was this mesmerizing tale of 
of actually having somebody read to you. And so it was yeah. kind of also ironic that I was listening to it on an audiobook. It was my first experience of it. Yeah. That's great. It's been kind of like quite a big six months for ZigZag. You're kind of like making news by uh, making the Tech Nation 4.0 Rising Stars list. What was that like being mentioned on that list? Yeah, I mean, we, we're really grateful to just get the shout out. It's really hard, obviously, to um, you know, to build awareness when you're such a small company and you're mm-hmm. taking on a big, massive 800-pound um, gorilla, as we'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been we've had a great run of six months, and um, and yeah, long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's one of the things that we were wanting to ask about was how the fact that the audiobook market is, you know, very much dominated by um, some big players. How do you find that experience and what do you say to kind of, you know, I guess the average um, listeners to what makes ZigZag stand out? What's the difference? What's it offering that other places aren't? I mean, we know, but uh, tell our listeners what, <laughs> how you how you see it and kind of that, that mission and things. Yeah, it is a bit, you know, we think that this, because of the way the industry has been structured, that there's really no incentive to innovate. Mm. Um, you know, they have set a price model that's actually quite inflexible. They, yeah. you know, that honestly, the, you know, the experience hasn't really moved on in 20 years. You're still, you know, in the way that we put it is, you know, you still can't see illustrations. You still can't look up words you don't understand. You can't search in an audiobook, And those mm. feel like pretty basic uh, digital media experiences in this day and age. And so, yeah, our, our that we try to solve that. So we think we've got a, an exceptional experience. We integrate where we can. Again, there's always a kind of complexity of rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We, we take the you know human voice narrated audiobook and we index it to the ebook, and then you create this richer experience for people to enjoy. So you you know you've paid for the book. Why shouldn't you see the illustrations? Well, with Zigzag, you can see the illustrations. You can look up words you don't understand. Mm. You can search if there's a concept or a character that's introduced in one place, and it's been a while since you were listening. <laughs> yes. you have a little search and, and just refresh your memory without having to go back and re-listen. And so again, it's you know for people like me, it's about efficiency of consumption, and mm-hmm. and that that is something that's important to me. But it's been really interesting as we have rolled out how you know there are other communities that are really not well served by this segregation of formats and a lot of people with um difficulties in learning um mm-hmm. special education needs dyslexia uh and actually parents coming to us and telling us that what we're providing is like the first solution for independent reading and enjoyment of books for for young kids and and that yeah. is obviously a, a joy to us and the last bit i would say is we just also try to challenge this idea that you have to subscribe to a one per yeah. month to mm-hmm. get a good price because we just feel like, well, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't read linearly. You know, there mm. are times when I binge and there are times when I don't have time. Yeah. Uh, and yes. so, really trying to, <laughs> so really trying to encourage people to, um, you know, to buy when they have the time and, and when they're ready rather mm-hmm. than, you know, forcing people to pay when they don't have time to listen. So that's kind of our, that's that's what we think we're doing differently. Yeah, um, and it's daunting. I mean, taking on mm-hmm. Amazon is, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. um, a bit a bit daunting. But it's also really fun, and we feel like because we don't have this legacy of eBooks or physical books, mm-hmm. um, we're probably the only people that can probably drive that change. No, that's brilliant. That's really really interesting, and yeah, definitely shows what what sets it apart and, and brilliant to have that vision of exactly what you're wanting to innovate and, and all that stuff that's great I was interested from what you said there obviously I'm aware you might not be able to share the ins and outs of specific details but how on earth do you go about kind of securing rights to things as a you know a new emerging company with you know presumably lots of other people fighting over um, that and the right to do that and stuff. How on earth does that work? How, how do you even jump on that ladder? You have to get, well, when you, you do it and you, I mean, we were just kind of blind when we first started reaching out and we really mm-hmm. didn't understand the industry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we got somebody on board who is a, you know, a former exec of one of the publishing companies. Yeah. And he's been um, transformational for us in terms of, you know, developing our proposition, developing the way we speak, developing the contracts. Mm-hmm. But the first meeting I had with him, he had me in tears over oh. one of the first one of the first contracts we signed. Um, you know, because 
it was very much a kind of take it or leave it. And yeah, yeah it was, we, we took it because we needed content and we yeah. wanted to launch. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend that before anyone gets involved in trying to negotiate deals with publishers, <laughs> then get somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, solid advice. In, in publishing, it kind of be notoriously opaque um, when it comes to yeah understanding uh, rights and stuff like that. Um, I just want to ask one more quick question before we head on to start talking about your your favorite audio books. In my research, I saw you talk a bit about romance novels, uh, romance audio books, and I was just wondering um, what genres do you think work uh, particularly well in audio? What genres are, are popular, and what genres do you think need a little bit more kind of like e.g. kind of romance, female romance books? Yeah, I mean, I th we think any book can do well in audio. And yeah. we think, you know, audio is this massive global trend. Um, you know, stories were originally told orally before they were written down. So, you know, it is in our DNA as humans to enjoy, uh, you know, listening to stories. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I would say the only constraints that we see today is, you know, only a minority of content being made into audio, which we think is also a shame. Mm -hmm. um, and then some of that is also driven by the limitations of the format. So, for example, Poppy, you mentioned academic content. Mm. You know, wh why is not more academic content made into audio? Um, and wouldn't it be great if you were a student that wanted to take your, you know, your textbook to the gym or on a walk? Mm -hmm. uh, and then still be able to kind of switch back to the reading experience. And yeah. so that's and look of, at the diagrams and things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And heavy nonfiction. So, you know, nonfiction with heavy graphical elements, uh, mm -hmm. that's something that's never really made it into audio. And so we, we're just trying to say, well, if you just drive a little bit of innovation in both the contracting side, as well as the technology side, you can create these richer experiences that unlock the ability of people to access content on audio. Because as I said, you know, if it wasn't an audio, I wasn't going to listen to it. <laughs> and, and that's, I'm not going to read it. You know, it's, it's, it's a challenge for people who are, who are busy, I think, but yeah, no, we love romance. We love crime. Um, you know, these are, I think this sort of broad categories that you see that are popular these days are categories that we also are doing well in. That's, that, that's, um, that's great. It's kind of interesting you bringing up the point about uh, academics and one of our previous guests, um, Imran, he's a doctor and, he talked a lot about how how helpful it would have been as a medical student to be able to read, well, to listen to some of those medical That's textbooks, good. or you know, while he was working out or on the way to lectures and you know that sort of thing. So yeah, I think it's definitely there's a real it's a real shame that uh, no one's been able to kind of like go towards yeah. that direction. Yeah, and I think the challenge is that again, you have to have a market in order to to make the investment. And so yeah. I, yeah. I think one challenge is. How do you create lower cost opportunities for production to happen mm -hmm. um, to enable more content to be made? And, you know, there's a shortage of production capacity in the UK for audio content. So it's, you know, there are multiple systemic issues that will probably need to be solved over time before that happens. But we're kind of up for it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and uh, we, we'd love to make it happen. Um, there's just, you know, it's baby steps and we've got a lot to do. And, yeah, it'll take us a while, I think. Yeah. That's, that mm -hmm. sounds great. So let's um, let's talk about your like five favorite audiobooks. Um, what's the first one uh, on your list? I think I had Alchemy by Rory Sutherland. Yeah. So I've not heard of that. What is what is that about? Who narrated it? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so Rory Sutherland is this really really charismatic character. He founded Ogilvy, the advertising agency, and he's really well known in that kind of advertising and marketing world. And he narrates the book himself, and he's, he's sort of telling the story that um, we're all really irrational beings. Human beings are irrational. Mm -hmm. And that this whole movement towards everything being logical is actually kind of missing out on some of the magic that you get when you think about things from an outsider's perspective. And it, it's lovely because he reads it in his own voice, and he's kind of got this gravelly, almost mm -hmm. uh, Mad Men-esque kind, of, uh, kind of voice. And he also goes off script quite a lot, um, which you can imagine enriches the audiobook beyond the text. And so, yeah, absolutely love it. And I just, I love the messages and it makes you think differently about how certainly I, in my business career, have been steeped in this kind of everything must be logical mantra. And he's mm. trying to free us from that in a really clever and engaging way. That's 
fascinating kind of logic should be like a tool not like um it should be a means to an end not the end in itself and you do need people that are kind of mavericks and risk takers Mm. and doing odd things to kind of create innovation I think as well yeah that's kind of the point he makes and and all these just mad ideas so he tells stories of if uh, a charity is fundraising and they send something in an envelope to different customers or people they're trying to get donations from mm-hmm. if you if you send one in in sort of more fancy paper if you send one sort of claiming that um, the government will match their donation by mm-hmm. 25% you know that you'd think the logic one is going to win the logical one's going to win but the logical one doesn't win the one mm-hmm. that you know is like fancy paper or the envelope going in at the <laughs> other side and you know it's all these kind of really irrational things that he has kind of seen in his career over, uh, I would say, probably like a 40-year career in advertising. And and so he's just trying to share that um, if you were looking at this logically, you would never try this experiment. And, mm-hmm. and you'd be missing out on this insight that, you know, it's, it's just fascinating, I think. And I've, there's so many great stories from it. So I highly recommend it. Yeah, that does sound fascinating. And it sounds like one that I really should take a listen to because I think I... Um, naturally quite logical and also I think try and fight those non-logical parts <laughs> of me to try and pride myself on the logical bits so I think yeah it might be nice to sort of I guess maybe liberate that side a little bit more and listen that does sound good and it made me think as well on what you'd said about him going off script um, and so I work in in audio and obviously we um try and make sure that all our audio is word for word, you know, so that the listeners are getting the the same experience. Um, and also partly for, you know, rights reasons, like we discussed, about making sure it's unabridged and things like that. And just tying it back onto the zigzag stuff, how does that, I mean, it's not, not the most straightforward question, it's a rather open one of how does that work? Uh, but what's sort of your thoughts on it with you know, if stuff like that, if authors go off script, for example, when they're in the recording booth and yeah, decide they want to do something um, new with it that might not match the the print version or the ebook version. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is the magic of, you know, the author telling their own story in their own voice. So um, we fully encourage it. Our tech is clever enough to figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, for the most part, it's also referring to a PDF where, where we're trying to actually introduce uh, an integrated illustration. So yeah. there'll be some time before we have this kind of one-to-one relationship between what's being said and, and what's being read. But for the most part, it's a 90% match. And, and you know, in the 10%, there's a little bit of magic. Cool. Oh, no, I really like that. Yeah, I mean, just uh, to build on the, the point that um, Poppy was making, I said the winner of the audiobook uh, at the at the Book Awards uh, this year mm-hmm. was um, The Wizard of Once and Never. And there's a section towards the end of the book where David Tennant is narrating it and it gets a little bit meta where he talks about the writer writing this line for the narrator to say that he, he, <laughs> the, the narrator sort of thing. So it's kind of like those, I, I don't know if you've listened to it all, but it's just- No, no, but yeah. I heard you guys talking about this yeah. in the, Aww. I listened to that episode. Oh, so it's so funny. And it was, you were trying not to spoil anything yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. So- but no, I yeah, completely agree. It's like, you know, you have, it is another level of freedom, of yeah. artistic freedom that I feel like we should totally embrace. But. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the, the way you're talking about a book, it kind of also reminds me of like one of my favorite books that I listened to um, last year, which was the Icarus Deception by Seth Godin. And he talks about not being constrained by limits and reaching higher, not kind of like going for the lower ground as well. So um, what's the next book on your list? So the next one is Hans Wessling's Factfulness. And I also, I was debating, because I've mentioned that, because it is part, it is our founding story. You know, I, I really was sitting on the tube listening to this narration. But it also is the brilliance of if you can bring these two things together, and we haven't yet brought them together, but he, he uses images and imagery to shift people's perspectives on the world and to allow people to feel like things are not as bad as you think they are. And if you think they're really bad, nothing's going to get done. And I, and I think it's a really interesting message. It's the same message in another one I just listened to called Enlightenment Now. And, you know, if you spend too much time on Twitter or reading or listening to the news or watching the news, you can, you know, get a bit depressed about yeah. the, the plight of humanity. Yeah. And, there are, and to find these little magical stories that just, you know, 
it's yes, it's you know, there's still pockets of badness, absolutely. But if you look at it back on a trend over the past 200 years on almost every metric, you would struggle to say that we're not better off. And so it's this kind of optimism uh, uh, shot in the arm, which I, I really I like and I need sometimes because we can get, I think, you know, brought down by the world and, and everything happening in it. Yeah, so I, I was, it's really great that you've got the, I've, I've not read it yet, but um, I know Hans Rosling through one of my favorite podcasts, which is um, More or Less, which is uh, on the BBC, and they talk about the truth about numbers in the news, and they often had uh, hands on as a guest to kind of explain why things aren't as bad as you think they are, kind of challenging people's prejudices as well, kind of like how we in the yeah, West yeah. might think things in Africa are kind of like um, worse, that uh, uh, well, are better than we think they are, and how there's been so much progress in different areas. Uh, one of my favorite um, episodes, he talks about kind of like what a miracle the washing machine has been yeah. as well so that's kind of like uh, uh, another thing so what was from that book what was kind of like your your favorite section in terms of that little snippet that kind of made you feel lighter about the world or just made you giggle or kind of made you realize something that you you didn't realize well just the, the way he puts it is that basically your you know your biases about the state of the world are based on the generation before the person that taught you, you know, social studies <laughs> in high school or primary school. And I just thought about that. And I thought about how old my social studies teacher was. Mm. And so then, you know, you're carrying then all of those biases and their own kind of predispositions into your thinking. And so, mm -hmm. it, you know, that just made me really rethink. And, and then you just listen to the data and it's just like fact after fact. And then the great charts that then help you really Again, yeah, put it in perspective of how much progress has been made in the world and how we should, you know, be in, kind of enthusiastic about that and, and support the, you know, the innovation that's happening in the world to enable, you know, this progress to continue rather than feel like there's no way of improving yeah. the world and, and then just being paralyzed by not doing anything, which is, I think, what he's trying to balance. Mm -hmm. And did Hans narrate the book or did they get, because he's such a brilliant communicate i don't know if you've listened to any of his uh, like interviews or podcasts. Yeah, yeah, really... TED Talk, which his ted talk's amazing yeah. and, and that's also why i kind of i felt like i would shortchanged on the audiobook because yeah. his ted talk is so good and it's yeah. so many graphs and that's completely what they're known for yeah. um but i ha i don't think that he narrates it himself though yeah okay poppy have you got any questions about um like factfulness no i mean it definitely sounds like yeah something that is very needed certainly at the moment because again if you listen to us discussing uh, the British Book Awards shortlist you'll have heard how the book Careless made me feel and that very much made me feel quite defeated as to the state of the world and people's views on you know regulating other people's bodies and things like that and, and very much did put me in a you know a defeatist sort of attitude and I think a lot of people are probably feeling that at the moment for a wide variety of reasons <laughs> with stuff going on in the world so okay. yeah it's definitely good to have something out there that is yeah giving you a bit of a shake and saying yeah I get that that's <laughs> I get that it's really rubbish but come on let's not give up on it yet and yeah reminding of the good things I think is definitely yeah a worthwhile thing and yeah maybe something again another one to to check out so yeah, yeah. so what's the next uh book on your list the next one is ramble book by adam buxton it's just this yeah it's a ramble i mean it's just this, a kind of semi well certainly autobiographical story of his life and and what made him the person he is and this is a recommendation from my co-founder uh mark who absolutely loved the story and it really resonated with him because i think they're you know we're all about the same age uh, as adam buxton and we've all been through the sort of uh, challenges of, you know, education and, and then raising our own children and, and, and then also our aging parents, which I think is the other challenge. So yeah, it, it, I think the best thing about him doing the audiobook, so he's done it himself, obviously, and he's a podcaster. And so he completely understands the medium Yeah, and his timing is just so perfect. Mm -hmm. And then the best thing is, you know, we have it on um, zigzag and we have it as an X book. 
And what's great about that is that he also has all of these like, cool illustrations that are, you know, that he's referring to throughout the whole story. Mm. Um, you know, like sketches that he drew of things that he thought he was going to do, like he was going to start this like massive ad agency. And he has this like picture of their headquarters. And, and you know, it's like, these are scribblings from his, you know, 15, 13 year old self. And, and he's putting it all out there and it's just fascinating. And I, you know, I didn't know Adam Buxton because I'm you know, originally from the U.S., and so I just didn't grow up with him in the same way I think my husband did or my co-founder, as I said. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really delightful to, you know, just hear him tell his story. And really just, it's like, it's just really fun and funny. Oh, bro. I think I had a similar experience with the um, Jeannie Ashray book, Cat Handed, that I spoke about a few episodes ago. It was that kind of thing where I, I was aware of her and did always really like her comedy. But regardless, it's, it was sort of just amazing to have someone who's that you know talented with with words and with performance telling you their life story and so even if you didn't know that much about them before it's just really fascinating you know going through that and being taken through that and learning in it and experiencing and no that sounds really good and I think certainly that's one uh, genre where I think most people can agree that certainly as long as the person writing is also a great performer being able to have a book that is basically an insight into their brain and into their life read by them is just yeah a really incredible experience um so no, that's great. yeah it's magic really mm-hmm. yeah, we kind of had a similar experience when we reviewed uh wishful drinking just mm-hmm. knowing that yeah, that, that well. person mm-hmm. yeah and obviously adam's a very skilled performer and podcaster and so yeah i, I imagine kind of having someone who who really understands how to make audio work must have really enhanced the experience of listening to it. Mm. Yeah. And that timing thing's really important, yeah. isn't it? That it's sort of, you know, you can read a sentence and it just might not have quite the same punch or quite the same, you know, makes you laugh out loud, uncontrollably thing as when <laughs> yeah. someone is able to, yeah, I don't know, withhold the punchline by just like an extra half a second or put a slight bit of emphasis on it somewhere that your brain wouldn't have come up with when it just looked at the letters. Uh, that Yeah. Is, is a really special thing and I imagine from what you say is the kind of thing that's in this one exactly yeah and he does like you know his silly sound effects and mm. his, you know these things that I think are people who listen to his podcast would know really well Got you. but as somebody that was coming in kind of fresh to it it was it was funny and rich and mm. uh, and just a, you know a great use of audiobook as a medium I'd say. yeah did it tempt you to check out his podcast at all or kind of was the, <laughs> the audiobook enough for you uh no it, it does tempt me I just I'm short on time yes and yeah. I you know and I spend a great deal of my time listening to my own platform because yeah we you know there's a lot we have to talk about there's a lot we want to know and, and then it's just kind of testing a lot of the time as well so I feel like I will take some time to invest in podcasts when I need to yeah mm-hmm. um like so, preparing but, for this for example so kind of does, <laughs> Thank you. does working in audio kind of um how does that affect kind of your enjoyment of listening audio for pleasure in terms of, are you, because you, you know, you just mentioned that you're, you're listening a lot, trying to, you know, different features out and, and, and stuff like that. Does it sound their experience at all? No, you, no, you know? not at all. No, I, I, I just feel like, oh, I found this thing that I really love doing that mm. is my job. And that, you know, kind of alignment, um, you don't get all the time. And, you yeah. know, it's taken me quite a long time in my career to get there. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I still love it. And I, I love listening and learning. And, uh, and and that's why I think my list is probably more biased to nonfiction. That's probably mm-hmm. more where I spend my time. But no, it, it hasn't started at all. And I, you know, long may that continue, I would say. Yeah, that's really, really important. Um, oh, because, all right, so me and Poppy are slightly split on this. What speed do you tend to listen <laughs> to, your, to, to your book from? Oh, this is like very personal question. <laughs> we get all the facts here, all ex- expose everyone. Um, so I am probably a 1.5 X listener. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it depends on the book. So I think there are certain books that uh, feel a bit slow to me. So I can go mm. to like 1.75. If I'm re-listening to something, I can go to two. Um, but we get asked on a regular basis, like, could you could you get us to three X? Just like, um, this is your cust- customers. Customers are asking for three X, and I just find, oh wow, like that is that's fast. Yeah. So I'm, we're not, I'm not there yet. We we're not there yet as a, you know, our tech isn't there yet, but we'll we'll get there eventually. Yeah, 
I mean, I I can understand listening to it fast. I don't understand kind of like listening to it like slower because that's a, that's a feature in a lot of um uh, platforms as well because everyone just sounds I slightly if drunk. It's for, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it, if it helps people who are learning a second language. Oh, yeah, 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 that's interesting, yeah. Processing Maybe. it at the right speed and stuff and recognizing yes, the words yeah. and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's the next book? On your next uh, I have One by One by Ruth Ware. And this is a complete and total celebration of both Ruth Ware as a crime author, but also Imogen Church as a narrator. Because, uh, so the premise is it's a startup and they are, you know, classic smug startup who have gone off to some alpine retreats. And then people start dying. <laughs> and sorry, I don't mean to laugh at that point, but it was, you know, it's a, it's, it's a kind of, you know, it is a playful take on, you know, this, this smug seriousness of startup world, which is what I think attracted us all as a team. Like we were all listening to it around the same time. But the absolute brilliance of it is Imogen Turtz's narration because she mastered that 10 different regional accents in mm. uh, both men and women and you know, does it really credibly and brilliantly. And so, yeah, we were, we we're all huge fans and we just asked her recently to do a Q and A for our blog, which I hope like our fandom you know, didn't show through too, too um, eagerly, <laughs> but <laughs> so she's, she's just absolutely brilliant. And so, yeah, I love the story, love the suspense of it. And it took, you know, it took you to the last minute to kind of figure it out, which is always, I think, the best thing about a crime story. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think the only downside was that, I, you know, you get actually obsessed about listening to it and like, yeah. not getting enough sleep. And yeah, <laughs> we've, yeah, we've had a, a couple of experiences like that, um, <laughs> kind of like true crime story and yeah, the night she disappeared yeah, as well. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, completely understand. Do you, when you do kind of listen for pleasure, is, is crime a genre that you're drawn to? A lot. No, I mean, as I said, I, I'm pretty much a nonfiction nerd, yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah. And um, I think there was just a lot of hype happening at the time around the title. And I think mm. it was also at a time when we didn't have a ton of books on our catalog, if I'm honest. You know, this was a, it was over a year ago, I think, when we were listening to it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it just was, this is something I can read at the moment and so, or listen to. Sorry. I know very, some people are very particular about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, you know, I don't, I suppose I try to avoid crime a little bit because I do get obsessed with it yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that's healthy. So yeah. like, For your own my... good, you're like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you also mentioned kind of a lot of people in your team were listening to the book around the same time. That must be like a really nice experience in terms of like, you just, you're sharing this story together. So yeah, kind of... exactly. We do get into this mode of, you know, oh, I've read this or I recommend this and and this is what it was like at you know the company I was working at before but with us it's you know we're really enjoying the stories and and some of the you know it's not all nonfiction. it's it's also sort of other things and um yeah I guess it's a kind of bonding thing for the team it's like we're all and we refer to things we mention things you know for one another to share from you know what are we taking away from the stories and so yeah I guess it's like we've got our own little book club going yeah. on that sounds really lovely. That's really nice. Um, I think we're um, on to the last book on your, your list of five. Tell us about it. So the last one is Nick and Charlie by Alice Osman. And again, forgive me if I've not pronounced that correctly. This is exciting because this is all, I, I, maybe you're aware of like the Heartstopper series on Netflix, which is a mm. huge uh, trend among young people. And it's bringing people back to this um, super talented author. Yeah. who was maybe overlooked as a result of, I mean, obviously she's not because these books have been made into a Netflix series, but in terms of like really mainstream sales, it's just been this real transformation for us. And what's brilliant about her books is that, you know, the Heart Surface series was like a graphic novel, you know, it was, it was kind mm-hmm. of a comic. And then she brings all of those elements into some of these other stories that we have on the platform. And that because it's an X book, which is the audiobook and in the ebook integrated, you're not missing out on these illustrations as mm. well as kind of listening to the story. And it allows people who, you know, have gotten really into the Heartstopper series to continue on and, and you know, enjoy the next chapter. And the only thing I would say is it, it, there are some, I think, uh, spoilers in there. So if you haven't mm. finished the Heartstopper series, you probably don't want to go on to Nick and Charlie just yet. But 
um, yeah, it's just this really lovely story about kind of, you know, school love and, mm. uh, and yeah. So I think that that's kind of, um, that, that would be the last one I'd say. Oh, okay. So is, did Nick and Charlie start off as a, a as a graphic novel or was it um, a prose text? No, Heartstoppers. Yeah. So Heartstopper. Yeah. So yeah, Nick and Charlie is like a novella. Yeah. And so it's, it's mostly narrative, but there are, you know, the visual elements that kind of make her, you know, is what she's known for. Mm. And the Heartstopper was all graphical elements. Yeah. But in this case, it was like the balance of both. So you can imagine the Heartstopper series isn't made into audiobook because it's all graphic. Mm. And, you know, but they can make it into a, they've made it into obviously a, a Netflix series. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's also about, well, you know, why couldn't you make this into an audiobook? You know, they've, yeah. if they've tackled it in video, you know, what's stopping anyone from producing an audiobook in that format? And so it's like, again, it's like raising a bunch of interesting issues for, you know, why more content isn't being made into audio, mm-hmm. uh, as well as like, you know, she's absolutely, you know, it's doing so well for us at the moment, her books, and uh, it's super exciting to see, you know, somebody being recognized for their work, mm-hmm. you know, a bit of time after they've actually, you know, been out in the market. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of the great things that TV does because a lot of readers will really talk quite negatively about you know film and TV adaptations and stuff but the reality of it is is it introduces people to books that they otherwise wouldn't you know the amount of people that will then go back and you know buy the source material and read that or listen to that and then get those words and then you know maybe in their own heads analyze kind of what was what was different and what was the same which is something that I certainly like to do or just <laughs> enjoy it for what it is anyway um so yeah and I think that's a really important thing that you know it, there's no shame on oh I watched the tv show first um it's it's nothing it's nothing like that and it's nice that it can really boost you know the originals and stuff because you can equally have things where people go oh well you know that's enough the um you know, the TV's enough, I don't need to go back to that. But certainly with this one, with Heartstopper, I think that is, it's really shown that that's not the case. I mean, I could be wrong yeah. and it could just be that there's been a load of marketing behind it. But certainly what I've seen is that people have been, you know, really, you know, going back to those graphic novels and like you say, looking at the Nick and Charlie novella and st- and really, yeah, having the TV show as, as the entrance into Alice's work and stuff like that, which is really exciting. And yeah, a nice meld of formats you know all these formats don't need to be in competition you know the the visual the the words the audio it can all be a nice stuff together which I guess is what yeah you guys are doing at zigzag so yeah it's fun yeah yeah exactly that's what we're trying to do (laughs) wasn't meant to come around quite so poetically but (laughs) um it's interesting what you mentioned about um graphic novels and audio and why couldn't it be adapted like kind of one of the that big hitters this year at the British Book Awards was the Sandman adaptation. Uh, we had the chance to listen to that. And also uh, another graphic novel adaptation, which was um, Slain. Uh, I can't remember the name, name of the title. Was it oh, the Horned God. The, yeah, the Horned God and how you, you can adapt graphic novels. It's just, it's a little bit more trickier process because you have to think about sound design. And I think uh, Poppy put it perfectly when we were reviewing the Sandman audiobook. This is like it's an audio movie, kind of having all those special sound <laughs> yeah. effects in there as well. So you just need to you're know, thinking about the sound design and and um, things like that. So yeah, I think the, the the opportunity is there. It's just yeah, as you mentioned, the lack of maybe production capacity and mm. ambition and kind of like uh, where's where's the funding going to come for this and the investment and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely think that these are challenges that publishers face. And our observation of the the industry is that, you know, a one per month subscription is actually an attempt at constraining demand. Like, mm. that's her view. And if you were really trying to make audio successful, it would be a different model, I think. Yeah, and, yeah. and so our view is, well, we're really trying to drive audio. Like, we think it's a fantastic format. We think it can be as rich as or richer than any other format. Um, mm. But you have to get it to a level where people don't feel like they're missing out. Uh, and then you have to solve the pricing. And so that's kind of, those are some of the things that we feel like we are trying to solve for listeners. Mm. Um, and we feel like listeners 
are first for us, not last. Yeah. <laughs> and that is like, that makes a big difference. Uh, and certainly as a consumer myself of audio, you know, I definitely felt like nobody was really working very hard to get my, um, my money, you know? Mm. Yeah. I think that's, um, absolutely like, you know, taking kind of the ball by the horns and decided to start your own company. I, I respect anyone that does that because I'm, you know, like the fear of, um, people not taking you seriously and not understanding the industry that you're going into is must have been uh for me it would have been like overwhelming so it's just a you know, it's just, you know for you and your uh, co-founder to go ahead and straight like there's a massive problem here you guys have done that you you started a podcast like that's, yeah. that's <laughs> your own thing that's, that's, yeah. that's pretty brave i would say so yeah. yeah i think really it's awesome what you guys are doing i, I love seeing you guys um at the, the the bookseller awards and that oh, you were sponsoring audio and it was just uh it feels like a we should keep in touch i guess yeah um, definitely in terms of uh our our aligned incentives yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah exactly so um we just got a few questions to to finish off with so um we've kind of touched on this um a little bit but um what do you think the next big trends and innovations are around a corner in audio that we should be kind of like keeping our, our eyes out for. And if there's any kind of like secret um, secrets that you can <laughs> spill about um, features that are coming to, to zigzag. <laughs> as well. Yeah. So, uh, well, we're, I think on audio generally, you know, we think that we're driving the innovation. And so I think, I don't know that anything is going to change from within without sort of companies like us coming in and trying to um, shake it up a bit. But we are excited that we're going to be launching some more social features and more community features for our um, users because we really believe that algorithms are stupid in terms of recommending you the next book that you're going to enjoy. But your yeah. friends, your friends are very good at this. And so if you yeah. can create those connections between users on the platform that says, oh, here's my recommendation for what you should listen to next, you really help people make that next solution. And so we'd love at some point to have an audiobookish list that you guys are recommending that we put oh, on yay. and that people can search for and find. So we thinking about social lists and then the ability to import lists and to sort of work through different lists and also co-curate lists. So, and it's just scratching the surface. We, we do think that there's so much more social you can build into the experience that we've started with um, mm -hmm. that will, you know, really help people, as we, you know, we say this at the beginning, but we're really trying to make reading more accessible, more engaging, easier, and more sustainable. And I think that's part of the engaging bit. That's great. Yeah, no, that's great. And I really like as well how you've, I think a lot of people, when they think about technological advancements, is that they think about everything being automated and they think about everything being AI and they think that that's what <laughs> being more technological is. But actually, you know, what you've described there is using technology to innovate things, you know, like literally how you can make the the format work and the, you know, the, and the multiple formats work and use tech in that way. And then equally using tech to, as some might say, go back a step to sort of, you know, you're just talking face to face to people of, oh, well, what would you recommend? And bringing that human back into it. And I guess that technology advancements don't mean removing the human from it, um, which I think is a really nice balance. Kind of the entire thing about why like TikTok books blow up is that mm. a recommendation coming from someone that you like. And that's yeah. that's incredibly powerful. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, how many times have you been shopping for something and you've bought something, and then the next advertisement that's being served up to you is the thing you just paid for? <laughs> you know, like, but humans are just much more. If you can keep the human touch, mm -hmm. you get the power of you know the judgment and those you know the the connections that you have. Mm -hmm. We just think it's so much more powerful than the computers on their own. Yeah, which yeah, is definitely. another reason why I do all my shopping in incognito mode. Um, <laughs> um, get rid of those um, cookies. Um, Poppy, have you got any questions you'd like to ask her before I jump in? I have one little yeah. question that has come to my brain with what we've been talking about here. The fact that obviously the great thing about the Xbooks is the matching the audio with the, you know, the printed text and stuff like that. And... Obviously, one of the things that is great about audio is the fact that it does provide access to people who, you know, can't access the written word um, for various reasons, you know, you know, largely kind of sight impairments, um, but also, you know, you've touched on 
difficulties with reading kind of in a dyslexia way or learning new languages and stuff like that. Um, but I guess sort of on the sight impairments way, I was curious if... Because one of the things I really like about what you've done with melding the two of them is that thing of being able to search for a word and that kind of thing like that. And I didn't know if it was something that is kind of uh, maybe within your app or something that where your app can be compatible with other solutions out there for sort of so that people who will access just the audio part can also still do the searching, if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, is that something that is part of um, the app already? Is that something that you're kind of maybe working on in the future? How does it sort of sit? Yes, yeah, so it's a great question. And, and again, when we started on our journey, we didn't really think about, and this is terrible to say, that we, we were thinking about, you know, proficient readers needing mm-hmm. a solution that wasn't Amazon. Got you, what yeah. we were surprised by was... How, has how early on when we were marketing mm-hmm. the voices from the visually impaired community that were telling mm-hmm. us one our app needed to be better and more accessible yeah. mm-hmm. and two, which is you know it's obvious now but at the time it was you know we were just starting out and, yeah, and it was yeah, a really yeah. great it was a perfect challenge for us because it did make us think wow you know this entire community of people who we felt was probably served particularly you know they must be served well by somebody you know Amazon mm. must be serving somebody well. You know, they were also feeling underserved in this yes. space. And yeah. and so it's it was really a great learning for us, which is, oh, well, maybe everyone is unhappy with the current situation and the single, you know, mm-hmm. company dominance of this space. Mm-hmm. And that if we can enable, you know, the I don't know the name of the technology it escapes me at the moment, but yes, the so the voice controls mm, that yeah. you enable within the app. So I would say we are on a journey to be improving that all the time. And I, awesome. it's not perfect, but we definitely heard the feedback and made the changes so that when people were going through the app, they're at least getting um, read, you know, the different, uh, which books we have and which, mm. what they can buy and the different functionality. So we have much more to do in that mm. space, but we also think about, you know, at the point where there was an illustration, could you give an audio clue yeah. to encourage someone to understand and then you have an audio description of the of the illustration mm-hmm. if not incorporated in detail in the uh, in the audiobook itself and so yeah we, we absolutely think it's a something we need to do better at and but we're yeah we're I said we're, we're on a, a journey largely because of some great engagement early on from the visually impaired community which was really helpful Brilliant. Yeah, that's really good to know that, yeah, stuff like that is in the works. And yeah, sounds fab. Awesome. Thank you. So just uh, uh, three more questions. So what should we be listening to next? Oh, that's a good one. You know, I mentioned factfulness is something I really enjoyed, but Enlightenment Now is a maybe an up-to-date version of that in the sense like it's been published in the last two years, uh, probably mm-hmm. pre-pandemic, so it's not completely up-to-date, but, mm-hmm. um, and it's that kind of... Uh, hope for the future, science is good, let's let's not throw out all of the progress we've made, even though we have some challenges that still remain. And so yeah, anyone who's in need of a bit of the glass is half full, I, I can can definitely recommend that one. So that was um, Enlightenment Now, is that by Steven Pinker? Steven Pinker, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and like, what does success look like for you? It's uh, a great question. Um, you know, we, we do say that we're trying to shape the future of books. So success for us is if we are making it easier for people to enjoy more books mm-hmm. and using our technology to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we have kind of, a, you know, we're UK focused today, but we have ambitions to go global and to enable as many people as possible to enjoy more books and, uh, and yeah, and to have zigzag be a way in which people are enjoying books in the future that's really lovely to have that vision to kind of like have more people enjoying books in a in in a way that is like accessible to them i think it's like it's a nice thing um uh, and kind of the last question that we put to i think all of our guests so far is there anything that we haven't asked you about that we should have oh i uh I don't know. It's been quite a thorough interview. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it, actually. 
Good, I'm very good. It's great. Um, you did used to ask the, you did used to ask people about recommend a podcast. Is that right? Yeah. If I, I feel like yeah, yeah. If you, I heard that. Yeah, if you want to recommend a podcast, we'd be we'd be up for that. Well, I, I guess the one that I I think I used as my entry into podcasts was actually This American Life, which is mm-hmm. obviously an American story, but it's it's not exclusively American, and they're just these really like lovely, mostly lovely stories about mm. humanity or these quirky, weird stories about humans. And it's just one of those things that it's like a comfort blanket for me to listen to. And I wish I had more time to enjoy the stories, but I have been through most of the backlist, I would say. So that would be my, that would be my recommendation. Yeah. So uh, my counter recommendation uh, for you is okay. um, This Is Love. And it's made by the same team that makes cereal, but um, it's very much really heartwarming stories about how love is this like transformational thing that can help people through really tough times and can transform communities and lives and uh, help you go on these grand adventures that you're not expecting so yeah I think that's kind of like in a similar vein if you've kind of run out of um uh, American <laughs> episodes too. <laughs> love it, love it. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, um, Kelly, thank you for taking the time out of your day to speak to us. It has been um, uh, a huge pleasure uh, mm-hmm, to, yeah. to hear you kind of talk about your your vision for audiobook and the audiobook format and the the industry in future. Um, guys, this is the last episode in the current season. Both myself and Poppy need a little bit of a break. The last yep. few weeks <laughs> have been. Um, quite intense in terms of like uh production so uh i just want to say thank you to poppy for like working really hard and getting the the episodes edited while working a full-time job um so we'll be back um i'm not too sure when probably like early july something like that um but yeah we'll be taking a few weeks off to uh have a bit of a break if you can please continue to support the podcast by leaving a review or rating wherever you find us or leaving a tip for us in the tip jar if you've got any comments you can contact us on social media our handle is at audiobookishpod or you can email at audiobookishpod at gmail.com so let's say bye guys bye 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 thank you so much